Okay, there we go. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here. Um, what's up? Oh, okay. Let's wait for people to trickle in. My name's Isaac Flodine. Um, again, just a guy here at GCF. Love to teach. Thankful for the opportunity. Um, we're going to go over Abraham this morning, which will be really fun. Um, lots of information again. Uh, and so this might be a little fast. Uh, just stop me if I'm going too fast. Um, but I really would like to get through all of it. <coughs> uh, let's see. Let's, let's just start. And there's handouts if you guys don't have one. Um, please, please grab one. It'll help, I think, this morning since there's so much material to cover. Give us kind of an over, overview or a summary of what we're going over. Um, right at the top there, you're going to see main ideas of this particular portion of Genesis in our study is uh, that God has promised to bless his creation through a seed chosen by him. Abraham is going to be a major contributor in that, in that seed. But we're going to see it starts with Terah, or Terah. Um, and unlike the last five generational accounts, um, there was Adam and, uh, let's see here, <clears throat> heavens and earth, Adam, generations of Noah, generations of Shem. Um, this, this account of Terah, which is basically covering mostly Abraham, uh, spans the longest in the book of Genesis. So clearly, we've got something very important going on here with Abraham. And that's followed closely by Joseph and Jacob, though. Um, and so, so uh, the, the narrative here is changing. It's shifting um, from what it was. Uh, God is once again seeking to bless his creation. Uh, Whereas before, we saw a lot of cursing and judgment for the wickedness that happened after the fall. Um, yeah, we're going to focus this week on the narrative here because there's a lot, there's so much information. Next week, James, or two weeks away, James Townley is going to focus on the theological concepts that are covered here because there's some big ones and they're really important, um, kind of foundational to... to uh, the Jews, as well as the Christian faith. So um, I'm also going to state just, just right up front here, um, we're going we're gonna to kind of focus on the application as we go, uh, not necessarily just at the end. And the main application, I think, to be taken away here, I think what, what Scripture is trying to get the wandering Israelites, as, as well as us, to, to feel and to be convinced of, be convicted of, is to trust in God's gracious sovereignty and seek his blessing in all things. Pretty, pretty uh, common application, but um, I'll make a case for my argument as we go along here. So let me pray before we get into some hermeneutics. Lord God, we're just so grateful again for this time that we get to study your word together. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here for uh, the encouragement that they are for this time that we get to feed off of your word together, sharpen each other. Lord, thank you for your, 
your gracious sovereignty for just the lengths that you go to bless your creation um, as, is, as is demonstrated, witnessed here in uh, the life of Abraham. Help us to see this clearly. Uh, help us to read your word and for it to change our, our lives, uh, grow our faith and maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Okay, so let's start with hermeneutics. <clears throat> uh, a little bit of review, uh, toledot structure. You guys remember what that what that was, what that means, what toledot is, and what it's what it's denoting and what it is doing in Genesis. Um, anybody have a feel for that yet, or just a shot? Yeah, no. Genealogies. Yep. Yep, like the lineage of this person, this person, even the heavens and the earth, they give it a lineage. Kind of their beginnings, right? And what are they doing in Genesis as we read them? What should we think when we read them, I guess? Say it again. Bloodlines, okay, definitely huge theme. We see like lineage is apparently very important. What else? What else should we do when we read, read these are the generations of? Okay, good. Yeah, lots of time should be spent. <laughs> yeah, yep. Say it again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I heard something. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, like, with the structure, in, when we read and, and seek to understand, um, we notice we're, we're supposed to focus on these people then when we're reading. This is the focus of the text. In other words, it's, it's not just this collected of collection of, of stories or narratives that are just kind of hodgepodge together. They have a, they have a purpose. These, these narratives, the stories inside of it, are, are a continuous flowing line through Genesis, and these headings, the Toledot structures are kind of headings for that narrative. So you, you get an idea, when I'm reading this, this strange story, which there's a lot of them in here, it actually should be serving a purpose. Um, we're going to do that again this morning. Uh, uh, Pastor Paul taught on seed. Toledot is just born, basically like birthed. Here's, here's, uh, here's who was born to Teraz is the Toledot. And seed is is right alongside it always too, that there's these this is this came from him, seeds like is like the kinds of trees and those kinds of things. Um, uh, another uh, thing to keep in mind: implied author and audience. It's Moses writing to the Israelites in their desert wanderings. That's going to help us as we interpret as well. We interpret from that from that standpoint perspective. Um, the, okay, like I said, previous genealogies, uh, so that's, that's where we've, we've arrived. So we started with heavens and the earth and Adam, uh, sons of Noah, generations of Shem, and now we're, we're getting into Terah here soon. Um, so we can trace back the lineage to uh, the creation itself, and it came, out of, came from God. Um, the mood of Genesis at this point is uh, very interesting. 
Uh, we just got done with um, Derek's teaching on Noah and a definite low point in human history, uh, and, and especially here in Genesis. What's interesting is we, we're, we're going to cover about, uh, what is it, 14 chapters here. Creation gets two. Um, so, and, and Noah got, you know, three or four or so. So, like, this is, this is clearly the focus of the, of the text here is Abraham, actually. Not, not necessarily creation and the fall, but we needed the backdrop here to understand Abraham better. So, the mood is low. God has judged the wicked. He's killed everybody except for eight people. And I'm sure there's quite a few people on earth at this time that he sends a flood. Um, uh, major low point, again. That should affect us as we read it. <clears throat> it should affect us in, in a contrasting way, especially. Because we see like God's judgment is heavy. We should feel heavy. And as we start to read the account of Abraham, um, you're going to see this like glimmer of hope uh, reveal itself, I think. Um, and so, uh, to help us do that, we're going to read um, these, or go over this, survey this, uh, in light of God's promise to Abraham in chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. So, um, if you have Bibles, you want to follow along, if you want to just listen, whatever is the best, uh, whatever helps you the most. Um, this is what we're going to keep in the back of our minds as we read through. It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, or Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay, lots of repetition. What, what's God basically saying here? What is he repeating himself over and over that he's going to do? I heard that. Bless. This hasn't been the language. God, God has judged a lot up until this point. This is back to creation language, actually, when, when God is creating things and he's rejoicing in his, in his creation, and he's creating to bless his creation, especially man. We see that language go away for a while, and then it comes back. Let's, uh, let's start now. Any questions? Okay, so that's, that's kind of a hermeneutical introduction. Um, this is what we're going to try to do as we read through. Any questions or things I missed about something to keep in mind or reading? Okay, okay let's, let's begin here. Genesis 11, 27 through 32. It says, Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives. <clears throat> the name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iskar, Iskah. Now Sarai was barren. She had no child. Terah took Abram his son and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son's wife, Abram's wife, and they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. 
But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Okay, so Terah, actually, the, the, the focus here of this genealogy, this Toledot, um, isn't actually the main character in it, curiously enough. It's his kids. Um, this is setting the backdrop for uh, the rest of Genesis, actually. You see that they name a bunch of people, like Nahor and Haran, father Lot. Um, this is all foreshadowing. These guys are going to come back later, and he's just telling you where they came from, basically. Um, you also notice that they are headed to Canaan already, but they stop in the land of Haran on the way there. Um, this is clearly God setting up the family line. Okay, he's done this so far with, with Noah and Shem and... and uh, now he's, now he's setting this up for Terah. All these people are actually going to come back when um, Isaac needs to find a, a wife and when Jacob needs to find a wife too. Very important. Okay, next section here, Genesis 12. Um, we're going to camp here a little bit because this is, this is one of the more important sections in Abram's life. Uh, 1 through 9 says... Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the Oak of Moreh. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar for the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going towards the Najeb. <clears throat> okay, uh, let's, let's stop and think a little bit about what God has just promised Abram uh, in the first, first couple of verses here and then a little later on. What kind of things is he telling Abram he's going to do for him and just do in general? Okay, okay. And why, why do you think that, I mean, would he want that? Why do you think, is, is that important, I guess, is the question. What's important about God making Abram into a great nation? Yeah. 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 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, so many things to say here, right? It, it is. It's, it's security. He's not sending him out in the wilderness to die. You go, just go die alone with your barren wife in the wilderness. No, that's not, that's not what's happening. But there is a, clearly a tension here built, right? He's mentioned Sarah is barren. I'm going to make you into a nation. How in the heck is that going to happen? You know, kind of, that should be going in our heads a little bit, um, in the Israelites as well. Um, uh, this harkens back to be fruitful and multiply language, too, in creation. Uh, this is actually how God blesses humans, is he multiplies them. They have kids. They grow up in families. It's great. What else? What else has God promised to Abram here? I'm going to make you a nation... Yeah, I'm going to make you a blessing. How interesting. Can, like, extrapolate on that. Think about that a little bit. How do you think that should be received from him, you know? Yeah. That's a great way to put it. A great way to put it. Like, just to know Abraham, just to be around him, you're going you're gonna to be blessed because you know this guy. It really is about who you know here, apparently, big time. And conversely, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The traveling oasis of Abram and his yeah and his people, totally, yeah yeah exactly, and, and conversely so anybody who is against Abram or uh, mistreats him or anybody he knows, uh, bad things happen to them. They they are actually cursed by God. God says later on he's going to be Abram's shield. God is caring for him, taking care of him. Um, Okay, and there's a land involved. Very interesting, right? Because I guess we don't, I mean, maybe it's outside of our context, but there's a land involved, very clearly a land involved. It's the land of Canaan. And what does God say about that land? What's that? Yeah. I, yep, 
Yep, right. And he, he does this multiple times. He takes Abram out, says just walk around basically, just sojourn for a while, look around while you're out there. Everything that you see, I'm going to give to your descendants. You're going to become a great nation and it's going to be yours. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Starting to click, like, yeah, this is what this means. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so hold these things in your mind. We're going to read now, and you're just going to see how God does this, basically. Uh, simply put, Genesis 12, uh, 10 through 20, um, this, this had to have hit the Israelites, the wandering Israelites, especially uh, hard and deep. This, this must have been very personal when they read this part of, of Scripture. So I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm not going to always do this, but I'm going to read the whole thing right here. It says, Now there's, there was a famine in the land. Sound familiar? So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. When he was about to enter Egypt, he, saw, uh, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful, and when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and the, women, the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, for he... Uh, and for her sake, he dealt well with Abram, and he had sheep, auction, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues, sound familiar, because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why do you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister, so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him in the Negeb. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he journeyed on from Negeb as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been there in the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where they had made an altar at the first. Okay, so I, I wanted to read a little bit past the Egyptian sojourn here to make a point. Okay, Abram travels into Egypt because of a, a severe famine. Um, and he, uh, he doesn't necessarily act like you would expect uh, the man of God to act when he goes into Egypt. He actually, um, was, which Sarai actually is his sister, uh, half-sister, which is weird, but whatever, move on. Um, here, and so he's not necessarily lying, but he is being deceitful. He deceives Pharaoh here because um, he is what? He's afraid. He's afraid that he's going to get killed for apparently this very beautiful woman. Sarai is, is um, apparently beautiful throughout this whole, 
full story here. Um, and this, this does a couple things for the character of Abraham, or Abram at this point. I mean, what do you think about him so far? Let me just ask you that. What do you think about this guy? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. Feared for his life. Came up with uh, a way to get around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. He. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, is it? Can't you just relate to this? Like you said, can't you just relate to this guy? He's a mixed bag, just like the rest of us, right? There's times when he has great faith. He trusts God. He obeys. I mean, it took great faith and obedience to leave all of your family and go do this. You have to trust that God is going to do something. At the same time, it's in the details that you often forget about these things, right? And you distrust God and you try to take matters into your own hand. What does God do through this, though? What happens to Abram? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. They're cursed because of his treatment of, of Abram and Sarai. Interesting. <laughs> Indeed. Is Abram actually rebuked here? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's easy for us to read here and say, why didn't you do these things, right? All these all these things, but to live in the moment here, absolutely. I, I completely agree. That's that's really well said. Um, I heard over here he gives him more gives him more riches. Who who leaves a famine and gets rich? Right? I mean, it's just clearly that God is with this man. He is with him to bless him. It's a famine. Well, Abram and Lot get so rich that they can't live next to each other. They have to split. Clearly, clearly. Okay, you're an Egyptian wandering in the desert. You just left Egypt, which was security for you as well, right? They want to go back to the meat pots. Understand that. I can relate there. What do they see God doing? Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Make it clear, crystal clear. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That that also happens multiple times in this. Um, uh, let's let's actually so let's get into that. Uh, Abram and Lot they separate. Lot goes towards Sodom, which is the this incredibly beautiful area. Uh, it says it's like the Garden of the Lord, which would be Eden. Um, so it's, it's understandable why he goes there. And, and um, Abram settles in Canaan. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Let's read real quick here. Genesis 13, 8, 14 through 18. Um, after they separate, it says, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, north and south, east and west. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring. I'll make your offspring as the dust of the earth. So that if, you, if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the hand, for I will give it to you. So Abram did this, and he built an altar to the Lord. Um, again, God, God's kind of expanding. He's showing himself to Abram, um, blessing him through a famine so that he trusts Trust him. Um, Lot is captured after this uh, as Sodom is taken by a bunch of kings here. Um, and uh, Abram goes after and rescues him. Okay, Lot, Lot and Abram's um, paths cross a lot. They're kind of connected together because of their lineage. Um, and, and this is God also showing his blessing to Lot for following Abram. Um, even though Lot is captured, we read in Genesis 14, 18 through 23, uh, that uh, he, that Abram returns. He goes out and he kills the kings and he rescues Lot and all their possessions. And then we got this, this kind of strange um, uh, side story that I'd like to read. It says, And Melchizedek, Melchizedek king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Um, skip down a little bit. Uh, they, they're saying, okay, Abram, take, take what you want, basically. Um, and Abram says, no, uh, it says, I have lifted my hand to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal, strap or anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. God is, or Abram here clearly is, is now getting, getting it. He's seeing that God is caring for him. He's been his shield, his defender, even with Lot. Um, but he's not going to take any of the spoils of war because uh, he doesn't want anybody to misunderstand that this came from another king or that Abram got rich in another way. No, clearly God is making Abram rich here. 
Um, that's very, very important. Um, okay. Any, any comments up to this point yet? Because we're going to get into, um, we're going to shift gears a little bit into the covenant that God, God makes with Abram in f chapter 15. But any other, any other thoughts? Hopefully this is clear. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting exchange. Melchizedek here is saying, he's saying the same thing. He's saying what's true. God, the possessor of heaven and earth, has blessed you and he's delivered you out of the hands of your enemies. And Abram tithing is actually a like a vindication. It is saying, yes, that is correct. Here's tenth of my, my stuff, which must have been a fortune. Like, you just got rich. Again, a blessing for knowing this guy. <laughs> for a couple words, I mean, come on, this is, this is crazy. Okay, let's, let's jump into the covenant, this Abrahamic covenant. One of the main, main spots, it's, it's shown, um, chapter 15. I've written it down on the paper here so that we can have it in front of us. Um, it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Think of what he just went through. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look towards heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Okay. You hear the repetition over and over again. What it, something I love about surveys is you just start to pick out, like, the the things that are that are clearly important because they're just they're just they come up over and over. One of the things is um, God is going to bless him. He, it's fear not. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Um, and Abram asks the question that must have been on his mind since he left Tehran, right? How the heck are you going to make me a nation when I have no kids? When Eleazar of Damascus is my heir. Um, he's not. He's not my seed, is what he says. Um, how's this going to happen? God says, "No, it's not going to be that guy. Your very own son." Okay, it's getting a little bit more clear here. Is going to be your heir. Um, and he and he takes him outside again and says, "Look to the stars. Uh, so shall your offspring be in number." And Abram uh, does what accompanies. Uh, God's covenant throughout Scripture. He believes him and he obeys. Okay. Um, this, this is, okay. Sarai is barren. Um, oh, God also foretells here later on that his offspring are going to sojourn in Egypt, um, which, again, that's very personal to the audience hearing this. Um, and right after this, remember I talked about obedience and faith? 
Um, Sarai and Abram attempt to produce an heir using Hagar, uh, which is interesting, to say the least. That's, that's, that's probably the best way to put this. God is sovereign in his choices here and how this, this happens because um, the son, Ishmael, uh, actually becomes a nation himself because he is a seed of Abraham. Um, Abraham is the father of many nations. This is one way that God works that out. But, uh, but also, uh, it's clearly not the line of the Israelites wandering. That's, that's the line of Isaac. So what's, what's really going on here? Let's read uh, chapter 16, 1 through 2. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. Okay, just so we're clear. <laughs> She is barren, no kids. It says it over and over again. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. Egyptian. Hmm. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord had prevented me from bearing children. Hold on a second. Okay, who? Who prevented Sarai? Huh. So you, but, but he said this also, right? You're going to have a son through Sarai, and, and that son is going to be your heir. So what is she doing? Again, we should, we should think about this and relate, right? Because this happens over and over again, too. What is she doing? What? <laughs> yeah, don't, I mean, both are true, right? She's blaming God for her predicament. She is trying to take things into her own hands. She's playing God. She is obviously impatient, right? Because God's promise doesn't come at her time, so she's going to take matters into her own hands. Yeah. 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 In the midst of, like, good theology of God's sovereignty, she makes a terrible choice, right? She she draws to wrong conclusions. And, and I think we can... We can uh, relate with that. I think the Israelites can relate with this. God is teaching, however, something different here. This happens for a reason, right? He's teaching that the timing of, this, of his promises fulfillment comes in his own good time. It is not the timing of, of the flesh here or the children of the slave, the slave woman. This is God's work that's going to be... Uh, um, that's going to be manifested at his appropriate time. Uh, any, any other comments there? There's a lot we can talk about there, um, especially just following Abraham's uh, talk with God and, and trust and justification at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of ambiguity. Yeah. Well, maybe it could do that. Yeah. Maybe this will work, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That is. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep going. Like, what do you... Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, indeed. There is there is a clear like, okay, I know that Sarai said this, but all you had to do, Abram, is say, No, I'm not gonna do that. Exactly, exactly, right. Nope. Nope. I think that theme's repeated quite a few times too as well. <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's move on to uh, the covenant of circumcision here. Very interesting. Um, Genesis 17, uh, the chapter is kind of dedicated to this. Um, uh, God covenants with Abram again, uh, 99 years old, when he appears to him, walk before me and be blameless, he says, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Um, uh, and then he changes his, his name. Abram becomes Abraham. Father of nation becomes father of nations um, by God, which is, which is very significant. Um, again, God just kind of working out his promise uh, to Abraham to be a blessing to many um, and a father of nations uh, I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. Again, ironic because Abraham still has no child with Sarai. He still doesn't have the, the right kid in tow. Um, he, he just has Ishmael. Um, and, and then God's going to do something to hopefully visualize even more what this is really, what this is about, what, it, what part of this is about. He's going to give him circumcision, which directly affects, it is, it is the seed that we're after right here, right? The men get that probably a little too well. As, because, I mean, these, a lot of these guys are grown men. Should be on the eighth day for, with the baby, uh, which is God's mercy. But, but most of these guys are grown men. They get it. This is the covenant. It has to do with the lineage. This is important, Okay. Um, comments on that. Comments on, on God's, yeah. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
It's possible. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's very. It's possible that it has something to do with it. The the odd thing is Sarai gets her name changed also with for the same reason. She's going to be the mother of nations. Um, so I think that's a little bit different. And that's I think I don't want to jump ahead, but I think that's Paul saying the spiritual like church we're the children of Abraham. But but uh, there it doesn't it. It wouldn't be crazy to say, like, no, the immediate context is Ishmael is born of him. He's going to go be his own nation, basically. And so Abram is now a father of nations. He also has more kids at the end. And they're going to go. They're going to get sent off to the east, too. Abraham does. So, yeah. Good question. Very good question. Yep. Okay. Sign of circumcision required. Okay. Not just from... The, the bloodline Israelites, but anybody that comes into the fold. This is, this is actually how God says, I, this is how you know you are my people and that we have this covenant between us is that you're going to do this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mhm. Mhm. Right, right. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. I see. This is important. Yeah. Yeah. Egyptians, I think, would also, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yep. I'm going to mark you. This is a sign. You'll get it. Yeah. Yeah, good. Okay, uh, moving on. we got Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, really interesting exchange between Abraham and God. Uh, he he uh, intercedes on behalf of this, the wicked, wicked people down here um, for the sake of the righteous, uh, which is Lot. I mean, Lot's the only guy at the end that, that actually is is considered righteous or even shown to be any anywhere near righteous. His own daughters uh, commit incest to have kids that become the Moabites and the Amalekites or somebody like that, I can't remember. Um, but uh, again, Lot is remembered because of Abram. Again, God's, God's blessing on 
uh, on Abram extends, Abraham now extends, and he's still judging the wicked, though. That he says that the, the wickedness of, the, of these people is great before me. I'm going to go down. I'm going to find out what they've been doing um, and, and judge them. Sodom and Gomorrah later on used as, as a warning for any wicked people. Remember, remember what God d- does. They were eating and drinking, playing all the way up into the point that God sent fire to kill them. Um, and so it's, it's again, kind of a, a stark uh, warning in the midst of all this blessing God judges immediately. Uh, then we have this exchange with Abimelech, uh, which is really, really interesting. Uh, again, Abram does the same thing. She's my sister. Um, and, he, and Abimelech, apparently Sarah is beautiful, took Sarah uh, for his own. Again, it says, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and says to him, behold, you are a dead man because the, the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Interesting, he's involving everybody else. Did he not himself say to, to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you, and you shall live. Intercession. But uh, if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die, and all who are yours. Okay. This is serious. Um, he, he rises the next morning and gives Abraham a bunch of stuff again. Abraham just gets richer out of deceit. Um, very, I don't know what to do with it sometimes, but that's okay. Um, but, uh, but what's clear here is like Sarah is very important. Sarah, Sarah's a very important part of this story. Um, you realize that right before this, uh, we've got Isaac is going to be born of Sarah. She laughs when she hears that. But no, this is really important. You are Abraham's wife. This line cannot be mixed. He's, he shuts everybody's womb here in order for that to, to be the case. God does. God shuts all of Abimelech's house, uh, their womb. Is lineage important? Like, man, I, just, I feel like somebody's just beating it into my head over and over and over again. This is really, really important as if circumcision wasn't enough to get it passed. Like, no, Sarah is the one. Um, and uh, let's see here, Isaac is born. Uh, after this is promised from barren Sarah. Um, and Ishmael is blessed by, as Abraham's child. He sends him away. He becomes a great nation too. Um, because of who he knows and who his dad is. God tests Abraham in the last part here. Sorry, got to fly through. We're almost done. Um, with the sacrifice of Isaac. Uh, again, are you kidding me? This is my, i gone for 100 years without a kid. You told me I was going to be a nation, and you give me Isaac from Sarah, who was barren, my 90-year-old wife, and now you're telling me to sacrifice her. Okay, and Abraham obeys, which is just amazing that he, he trusts God so much 
it says later on in Hebrews that he believes that God could raise him from the dead, that he just raised Isaac back up and keep going, okay? Clearly, Abraham has, has learned, like, this is, this is what it means to be in covenant with God. You trust and obey. God is great. He shows himself that, uh, that way over and over again, and he, can't, he can ask anything he wants from you and trust and obey. Uh, let's see here. Sarah dies at the age of 127. She's buried in the land of, of where uh, they're going to return to, which is important. Isaac and Rebecca. Um, uh, Abraham gets the lineage is really important. He says to a servant, um, uh, the oldest of his household, it says, put your hand under my thigh, which is a form of, of vowing, that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and on earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but will go to the country of my kindred. Okay, really important. Go back. Remember the lineage from Terah? Well, uh, Rebecca is born from, how does this work? Um, uh, crap, didn't, didn't write it down. It's one of those guys. Back to, back to the, the original lineage there, uh, all that foreshadowing. Um, Rebecca is actually a child of uh, one of his brothers um, down that lineage. And God is faithful again to, to bring Rebecca out, feed uh, not only water the servant, but the camels also. Um, so it's clear which one is chosen for Isaac, um, who is the next part of the, the main story. And then Abraham dies. Uh, the first part of 24-2, it says, uh, Abraham was old, well advanced in years. Lord had blessed Abram, Abraham in all things, which is definitely true. His promises come true for Abraham. Okay, and we are out of time. Thoughts, thoughts on uh, application? Yeah. There you go. That's the, thank you. There's a line there. Okay, thoughts on, thoughts on application? You see why I kind of chose the trust and obey, ubiquitous application. But, I mean, trust, what, what this has done for my heart, um, just, just trust that God's going to do what he, what he says here and pray more and pray because God, God is seeking to bless. He's, he's actually actively doing this to bless in order to glorify himself. And, um, and that just, that encouraged me to just pray, uh, pray for his blessing, pray, pray for God to glorify himself in these ways, trust him more. Um, because we actually, we receive these blessings uh, through Christ, who is the chosen seed of God. Remember that that's very important. Um, and and we can we can claim these for ourselves as well, not just the Israelites wandering in the in the desert. Hopefully, this this has encouraged your hearts to do the exact uh, same thing. I think as it would have would have to them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I got a plan. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And the call is certainly like trust God. He is he's is here to bless. Um okay, let's let me pray and uh clear time. Lord, thanks again for um your word. You are so kind and gracious to us that we have it here before us written thousands of years ago. Um completely outside of of ourselves, yet in your faithfulness you have brought it. Uh, right in front of me here on with words on a page to be studied in my own language. This is just incredible. Um, God, and we, we praise you and thank you for uh, your sovereign, your gracious sovereignty, how you've cared for your plans um, uh, and, and your decrees that you have brought them about according to uh, what, you have, what you have planned and desired perfectly. You are in heaven and you do whatever you want. Um, and we worship you for these things. Lord, help us to, to worship you well this morning. Um, uh, sing the songs with, with hearts full of, of praise and thankfulness and to listen to your word uh, with open ears uh, wanting for your glory to, to change us and be revealed. And we praise things in your name. Amen.